As you read the Bible, it may seem like God's almost always talking about Israel. And yet, if you're a Christian who most likely doesn't live in the land of Israel, you may be asking, what does this have to do with me anyway? Find out where you fit into God's plan for Israel, next on Jewish Voice. Did you know that Jesus was Jewish? You might be asking, what does that mean for your Christian faith? Watch today and discover how understanding the Jewish roots of your faith and your connection to Israel and the Jewish people can transform your life and the way you read the Bible. Coming up on Jewish Voice. You know, we all want to understand where we fit in God's plan. And I know so many of you watch and engage with us every week, understanding the Jewish roots of your Christian faith, what it is that the Old Testament has to do with the new, how do we see Jesus revealed in, in the Torah, in the first five books of the Bible and the prophets, thousands of years before he's born of a woman and carries out his ministry on earth. And so you understand the, the Jewish roots of your faith. That's helpful for us as believers, right? But then the question, how do I fit into God's plan as it actually relates to Israel and the Jewish people? If I'm not from a Jewish background, if you're at home watching saying, I, I, I'm happy to understand kind of that, that the sap, the fatness of the olive tree that Paul says in Romans 11 that I've been grafted into, right? Joined together with the faith in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But you're wondering now, what does that have to do with what God might be up to with this 22 or so million person population on earth called the Jewish people. I see he's made these promises and he says that they're promises forever to the Jewish people. And I believe that all his promises are yes and amen in Jesus. But as a Christian, where do I fit into the plan? And so that's what we're gonna dive into in a few minutes together here today. And I wanna say we need to think about it in three categories. First of all, we need to talk about a necessary problem. Now you may be saying, is any problem necessary? What I mean by this is a God-given condition. Something that God said is, 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 is a position he's put Israel in. It's necessary, it's ordained of him, and we need to understand what that is because it affects how we think about what he's doing with Israel and the Jewish people and our role in that. The second thing we're going to talk about is what we can say an unnecessary problem, something that need not be. And Paul speaks to this unnecessary problem in Romans 11. We'll dive into that. And then we say, okay, there's, a, there's two problems here. What's the solution? There's one solution to both. And it has to do with Jewish believers in Jesus and Gentile or non-Jewish believers in Jesus partnering together for the fullness of God's purposes. So I hope I whet your appetite and we're going to dive right in. First of all, I want to look at Isaiah 6, chapter 6, beginning in verse 8. Those of you who are students of the Bible, and most of you are, that's why you're watching today, know this passage. This is this fantastic passage, right? In the year, Isaiah chapter 6 begins with this, in the year that King Uzziah, the strength of God, King Uzziah dies, I saw the Lord, right? I saw him seated on a throne and the whole temple, the, the train of his robe filled the whole temple with glory. You know this passage, right? And Isaiah says, I'm a man of unclean lips. Woe is me. I am undone in the presence of the glory of God. And God sends a, sends, sends a messenger to touch, touch his lips with a coal, right? And he's purified. And so now Isaiah's beheld the glory of God and his lips have been purified. So now he can say what God tells him to say. And when he hears this voice of the Lord, whom shall I send and who will go for us, right? You know it. And then that glorious phrase in Hebrew, it means 
Not only I'm here, it means here is all of me. Hineni, here am I, send me. Okay, Isaiah says yes to the Lord. He's going to get a word from the Lord for his beloved people Israel. Look at the word. Because we skipped this part when we rehearsed this passage, don't we? Look at what it says. He, the Lord said, go and tell this people. And to be clear, this people is Isaiah's people, the Jewish people, the people of Israel, okay? Go and tell this people, listen, be ever hearing, but never understanding. Be ever seeing, never perceiving. Make the heart of this people calloused, make their ears dull and close their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. So Isaiah's message after this glorious Hineni is go tell Israel that the Lord is shutting their ears and closing their eyes and putting callousness over their hearts because if it wasn't there, maybe they'd hear the words that he said and they'd repent and he'd heal them. But because of their practice of enduring unfaithfulness and stiff-necked, stubborn-hearted posture toward him, God's saying, okay, I'm going to give you what you thought you wanted. I'm going to close your ears so you don't have to hear me anymore. In fact, you won't be able to in large part. And I'm going to callous your heart so I'm not going to be able to get in in large part. And I'm going to close your eyes so that even seeing what I put right in front of you, you won't really be able to see. This is Isaiah's message. It's a hard message, right? We love prophetic words. Lord, give me a word for my life. And so often those are encouraging and exhorting, right? They're meant to edify the body. But Isaiah's message was not that. It expresses both the spiritual condition of Israel, of the Jewish people, that we would be blind, deaf, and have a wall between us and and the Lord on our hearts. And it also expresses his character towards us, his desire that if you could understand who I am and hear hear with ears that hear, and open your heart to who I am and what I'm saying to you, Israel, I would heal you. You'd turn to me. Repentance actually means just to turn a different way in Hebrew. If you never knew that, what does it mean to repent? It literally means to do a 180. I was going this way, and now I'm going another way. And God's saying, you're not going to be able to hear, but I want you to understand what I would do for you if you could. So how does that apply then to Jesus' ministry, right? Jesus said, I haven't come except for the lost sheep of the house of Israel, right? He says, I only do what I see my father doing. And he makes it very clear, my ministry here on earth is primarily, not exclusively, primarily to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And yet he speaks to the the Jewish people almost entirely in parables. Tell us plainly, why is it that you're speaking in these stories, these tales, these agricultural examples, these stories about coins and widows and fields and wedding feasts? Jesus, why don't you just speak to us plainly? And look at his answer, because he's quoting Isaiah. He's quoting the word of the Lord to Israel in Isaiah. He says this, Jesus says, this is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled, here it is, the prophecy of Isaiah. You'll be always hearing, ever hearing, but never understanding. And you'll be ever seeing, but never perceiving. My people's heart, the the heart of this people has become callous. They can't hear with their ears and they've closed their eyes. Here it is again, just what God said through Isaiah. Otherwise, they might see and they might hear and they might understand with their hearts and turn, repent, 
and I would heal them. So Jesus is answering the question, why don't you speak plainly? He's saying, I'm on assignment from my father to the lost sheep of Israel, and I have to do what he told me he was doing to Israel and speak to them so that even though I'm right here in front of them speaking words about the kingdom of God of mercy and grace and forgiveness and true righteousness in the spirit of the law, they're not going to be able to hear it. And for those that do, they'll turn and I'll hear them, but most won't be able to hear it. It's so important for us to understand. If you've ever wondered, why is there so much uh, focus at Jewish voice ministries, or I hear so much about the importance of praying and working toward the salvation of Israel, and you're looking and saying, you know, it seems like there's not a lot of fruit. There's not a lot of Jewish people coming to faith. I've shared the gospel with a Jewish person 10, 20 times, and they're just so shut down to this message. Is it even worth it at all? And we're not going to understand it. Folks, we might have even become offended or discouraged in continuing to share the good news of the Jewish Messiah with the Jewish people if we don't get this point, that there's a spiritual condition by and large over the Jewish people that we've been blinded and our ears have been stopped. But the Lord's heart, as it was in the time of Isaiah and as it was in the time of Jesus, and let me tell you something right now, as it is today, his heart is that if they would hear and see and turn, he would heal them. So that's what we can call the necessary problem, something we need to think about. Now the solution, and we'll dive more into this in a moment, is that the Bible says when one turns to the Lord, that veil, right, the veil that every time the, the Jewish scriptures are read remains on the heart of the Jewish people to this day, is taken away, right? Paul's affirming what Isaiah and Jesus knew. If they would turn, I'd heal them. Have you ever thought about what it means to be God's chosen people? Deuteronomy 7 verse 6 and many other passages confirm the Jewish people have in fact been chosen by God out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people. It even says his treasured possession. But chosen for what? Certainly chosen to bring forth the Messiah. But along with that incredible honor, Israel's chosen to be the focal point for future end times events. Today, Israel and the Jewish people are constantly under threat. You know, Satan hates this chosenness and all that it means for him, and he's doing everything he can to try to thwart it. You have an important role in honoring, rescuing, and protecting God's chosen people and his chosen land. The land of Israel is actually a fulfillment of God's covenant. And we still see the Jewish people in the same way Jesus saw and declared them as a field ripe for the harvest. And that's why we need your help to bring spiritual and physical care to Jewish people, both in Israel and all around the world. Firstly, medical aid, food, and housing for the poor and persecuted in Israel, especially for Holocaust survivors now living in their 80s and 90s in the very last season of their lives. Secondly, you can help by providing protection for Jewish people being called home to Israel. They're targets of legal discrimination, prolonged persecution based on where they come from and even the color of their skin, and other forms of anti-Semitism, even as they start their new life resettling. Thirdly, we help by providing safety and security for Jewish believers who are living under threat. You know, so many are in the direct line of fire. So identifying safe houses, Constructing bomb shelters and other frontline support is critical to the survival of children and families in Jewish believing homes in Israel and their neighbors. Fourthly, 
you can help by supporting Messianic Jewish congregations in the land. You know, Jewish Voice has identified and is helping to raise up the next generation of Jewish believing leaders in Israel. Fifth, and of course, the good news of the Messiah, Jesus Yeshua. We work very hard to identify where our work can have the maximum impact, and we count on our monthly Shalom partners like you to help us protect the land of Israel and provide for the people living in it. Our godly assignment is to reach all people, both Jew and Gentile, with the gospel of Yeshua, Jesus for salvation. A gift of any amount will help us reach Jewish people in Israel and around the world. Will you partner with Jewish Voice today by becoming a monthly Shalom partner? For $30 a month or more, 100% of your gift goes directly to the ministry work that God has set before us. You have a role to play in sharing the salvation to all Jewish people. Call, go online, or write today. Thank you so much. What's the unnecessary problem? And Paul talks about this in Romans 11. And this is it. He says, I don't desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery. Now, some of you may already have just bristled a little bit. Paul calling us ignorant. I'm a well-studied, I have a theological degree on my wall and I study the Bible every day. And how dare Paul call me ignorant? Ignorant is, is actually a neutral word here. It means just unknowing. And he's saying, it's not good that you should be unknowing of this thing. And the word here in the Greek for mystery sounds very similar to what it is in the English. It's actually mysterion. And a mysterion, by definition, is not something which can never be known. It's something which God has to reveal. Okay? So think about that. Let's read it again. Paul's saying, I don't desire, in essence, it's not good, brothers and sisters, that you should be unknowing of this thing that God wants to reveal to you that you can't know unless he does, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, lest you should become conceited as you think about the Jewish people, right? Because we need to remember that the, the church, the ecclesia, the body of Christ, the body of Messiah in Rome, at this point, decades after the ascension of Jesus, is predominantly non-Jewish. We can say predominantly Gentile. And many are coming to faith, and there's many disciples, and there's congregations being planted all over the Mediterranean. And these Gentile bodies of believers are looking back toward the land of Israel and the Jewish people and saying, these people seem to be rejecting the message we've accepted. Has God rejected them? Maybe God's replaced them with us. And maybe he's done with Israel. And Paul's saying, no, 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 no. You need to understand the spiritual issue going on with the Jewish people. Don't be unknowing of it. Allow the Lord to reveal it to you. And here it is, that blindness in part, remember Isaiah and Jesus, has happened to Israel when and why? Until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Now, this verse has been misinterpreted a lot, and maybe, maybe you've, you've even heard this, that it's this idea like God, is, God in heaven has this clicker, right? Like he's in a queue, in a line, and he's counting. Okay, we have 2,768,000,000, da-da-da-da-da, Gentiles, and he's going to get to this point where the final one and the clicker resets. Okay, now it's time to do what I was doing with the Jewish people. That's not the idea here. In Greek, the word is pleroma. Now, that's kind of a funny-sounding word. What does that mean? Pleroma, think of a cornucopia, is not a numeric completion. It's an abundant fullness. It's an abundant fullness. So Paul's saying, here's the mystery. God showed me as an apostle to the Gentiles who is jealous for Israel's salvation at the same time, and I want to pass it on to you. 
that Israel's been hardened in part, remember that necessary problem, that spiritual condition, in part, not entirely, until God gets the abundance that he's always been after from the nations of the earth. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? So that none should perish, but all should come to eternal life, everlasting life. God so loved the world, right? And he brought forth this people called Israel to carry his glory, to be eyewitnesses of his work on the earth and his holiness and his merciful loving kindness. But our job as a people was always to reveal his glory and his mercy and his salvation to all the nations of the earth. So Paul's saying to this predominantly non-Jewish group of believers who love him, but maybe who were starting to misunderstand Israel and the Jewish people, and he's saying this callousness is actually unto God getting the full abundance he's after from every tribe, tongue, and nation on earth. And then this verse that we quote so often at Jewish Voice Ministries, it's kind of one of our rallying cries in Jewish missions, Jewish ministry, which means sharing the good news of Jesus, the Jewish Messiah with Jewish people. It says this, and so all Israel shall be saved. I heard a Bible teacher once say, if you have a therefore, you need to ask what it's there for, right? So we have to go back. And so all Israel shall be saved. And in this way, all Israel shall be saved. In what way? Until the full abundance that God's after from the nations of the earth has come to him. Jesus, who paid the ultimate sacrifice, brothers and sisters, gets everything he wants. And he desires a faithful remnant from every tribe, tongue, and nation on earth. We see it in the book of Revelation. We see it in his prayers. He's going to get it. When the Gentile or the body of believers from the nations comes into this abundance, right? This wholehearted love for him, this deep understanding of the scriptures, this ability to hear from his spirit, and I'll propose to you an understanding of his heart for his own chosen people. And so in that way, all Israel shall be saved. And it says the deliverer will come out of Zion and he will turn away ungodliness in Jacob. So what Paul's saying here is understand this. God will keep his promises to regather the outcasts of Israel and to cause them to recognize him, recognize Jesus for who he is, and to welcome him back into Jerusalem when he comes to rule and to reign over the nations of the earth. It's going to happen. But he's saying, listen up, non-Jewish believers in, in, in my Jewish Messiah. The way that he's going to do that, the way he's going to bring it to pass, is by bringing about his abundance in you. Have you ever thought about what it means to be God's chosen people? Deuteronomy 7 verse 6 and many other passages confirm the Jewish people have in fact been chosen by God out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people. It even says his treasured possession. But chosen for what? Certainly chosen to bring forth the Messiah. But along with that incredible honor, Israel's chosen to be the focal point for future end times events. Today, Israel and the Jewish people are constantly under threat. You know, Satan hates this chosenness and all that it means for him, and he's doing everything he can to try to thwart it. You have an important role in honoring, rescuing, and protecting God's chosen people and his chosen land. The land of Israel is actually a fulfillment of God's covenant. And we still see the Jewish people in the same way Jesus saw and declared them as a field ripe for the harvest. And that's why we need your help to bring spiritual and physical care to Jewish people, both in Israel and all around the world. Firstly, medical aid, food, and housing for the poor and persecuted in Israel. 
especially for Holocaust survivors now living in their 80s and 90s in the very last season of their lives. Secondly, you can help by providing protection for Jewish people being called home to Israel. They're targets of legal discrimination, prolonged persecution based on where they come from and even the color of their skin, and other forms of anti-Semitism, even as they start their new life resettling. Thirdly, we help by providing safety and security for Jewish believers who are living under threat. You know, so many are in the direct line of fire. So identifying safe houses, constructing bomb shelters, and other frontline support is critical to the survival of children and families in Jewish believing homes in Israel and their neighbors. Fourthly, you can help by supporting Messianic Jewish congregations in the land. You know, Jewish Voice has identified and is helping to raise up the next generation of Jewish believing leaders in Israel. Fifth, and of course, the good news of the Messiah, Jesus Yeshua. We work very hard to identify where our work can have the maximum impact, and we count on our monthly Shalom partners like you to help us protect the land of Israel and provide for the people living in it. Our godly assignment is to reach all people, both Jew and Gentile, with the gospel of Yeshua, Jesus for salvation. A gift of any amount will help us reach Jewish people in Israel and around the world. Will you partner with Jewish Voice today by becoming a monthly Shalom partner? For $30 a month or more, 100% of your gift goes directly to the ministry work that God has set before us. You have a role to play in sharing the salvation to all Jewish people. Call, go online, or write today. Thank you so much. So we have this necessary problem, Israel's callousness in part, and to the Messiahship of Jesus. And then we have what Paul would say is an unnecessary ignorance to bring about the salvation of the Jewish people. So now let's put that together and talk about the solution to both. And we see this actually at the very, at, in the earlier part of Romans 11. We'll go back a few verses. This is Romans 11, 11. And at Jewish Voice Ministries, we love 1111s. We love Isaiah 1111 that talks about God stretching out his arm, which means, in essence, extending his power and authority on the earth to regather the outcasts of Israel. We believe no Jewish person is too far away geographically or spiritually for the Lord to get to them and to bring them back to himself. And that's what we travel around the world doing. But then there's this other 1111 we love just as much, and it's here in Romans. Paul says then, remember, predominantly non-Jewish body of believers here. He says, I say then, have they, has Israel, has the Jewish people stumbled so that they should fall? In essence, yes, they've been spiritually blind. In large part, they've rejected my son. But is it final? Is it unto God rejecting them and moving on? And look at the words. Couldn't be stronger. He says, certainly not. Some translations, your, your translation may actually say, God forbid. And here's the answer, folks. Here's the answer to both. He says, but through their fall in Israel being blinded to the Messiahship of Jesus, in order to provoke Israel to jealousy, jealousy, Yeshua, did you know Yeshua means salvation? You shall call his name Yeshua, in English Jesus, because he'll save his people from their sins. Through their fall to provoke the Jewish people to jealousy, salvation in Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, has come to the nations of the earth. Isn't that interesting? And it says then, now if their fall is riches for the world, in essence, if you got saved because Israel rejected Jesus, 
And our failure to recognize him as a people brings riches, the riches of abundant life, the riches of being adopted as sons or daughters in his family to the Gentiles, then how much more their fullness? And here's the answer. You have a role to play. You say, what have I to do with Israel and the Jewish people? That's God's problem, not mine. I want to challenge you. Read your Bible a second time. Read Romans 9, 10, and 11, especially these verses we're talking about. Look at Jesus' heart to regather the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And then in addition to that, look at your God-given assignment. Your job is to provoke the Jewish people to jealousy. Now, what does that mean? I can't be jealous for something that I don't think belongs to me. Think of something that if that, if, if that was given to someone else, something would well up inside you and you go, wait a minute, that belongs to me and I'll have it back. That's jealousy. It's a powerful emotion, isn't it? And Paul's saying your job, Gentile believers, is actually to carry your faith in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to whom you were brought near and reconciled through his son, Yeshua. Okay, to carry your faith in a way that's recognizable to a Jewish person so as to provoke them to jealousy. Maybe you're a little bit challenged right now. You're ruffling in your seat. That's okay. I want to ask you, does the way you carry your faith, does your story, does your testimony, is that recognizable to a Jewish person so as to cause that man or woman or that young man or young woman to say, wait a minute, you're talking about my God. He belongs to us. He came and chose us first. He has plans and promises for us. That's what I want. I want what you have. And some of you have experienced that, right? You've shared with a Jewish friend, family member, coworker, and maybe there's been resistance at first, but maybe then they watched your life. They watched how you live out your testimony and your faith in Jesus. And maybe they've come to you, or maybe they're going to come to you in the next few months and say, you know, I want what you have. It's that jealousy. It's that jealousy. All of our job is to share the good news with whomever will come, Jew and Gentile alike. But I just want to challenge you right now. You have a God-given assignment you may never have thought about. And try as you might, the Bible says in these same chapters, it says the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. So I want to challenge you right now, folks. You have an irrevocable calling. As a, mem- as a family member in the kingdom of God, right? Who's one who's been grafted into that olive tree, whose roots are the faith of Abraham, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You have an irrevocable call to provoke the Jewish people to jealousy, to say, this faith that I've been brought into, it was first for you. And God wants you to have it. And he's made provision for you to have it. That's the answer. And I'm telling you right now, as Paul said, right, if our rejection, if the Jewish people's rejection of Jesus brought salvation to the nations, then what's going to happen when we receive him, when those blinders come off and we turn to the Lord and he heals us, and when we receive him as Messiah? It's life from the dead. It's the fulfillment of what God said to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. He said, I'll bless you. And I'll make you a blessing to all the families of the earth. The calling on the Jewish people. What does it mean to be chosen? It means to be a blessing in the name of the Lord to all the families of the earth. So I want to challenge you. You want to see life from the dead? You want to see the kingdom of God break forth in ways that we haven't seen throughout history? Carry your faith in a way that provokes the Jewish people to jealousy. Ask God to remove the blinders from their eyes and the callousness from their hearts. Pray that they would come to salvation. Walk them through that process in love. 
Ask God for his love in your heart for the chosen people. And when those blinders come off, ooh-wee, it's going to be an amazing day. Engage with that. Understand, you and I, brothers and sisters, are linked. Jewish believers and Gentile lovers of Jesus, followers of Jesus, disciples of his, we have an assignment together under the fullness of what God's always been after from the nations and under the salvation of all Israel. I can't do your part and you can't do mine, but together the Lord can use us to do awesome things.